Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Cantu, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. Uh, we have a really good show today with my buddy, Tim McCain. He is from Florida. He's an evangelist. He is an author. He is a father. He is a husband. And a, uh, he is a young adults pastor now. And so uh, really good, really good insight that he's going to be providing today. But before we get into the show, I wanted to ask you guys for a favor if you've been listening now to this podcast for you know the past several weeks and you're enjoying the content, why don't you head over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review that really helps the visibility of the podcast and it would really, um, really do a lot for uh, for me and the show and I'd really appreciate it. So if 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 you're liking the content, right? If you don't like the content, then uh, don't say anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, a rating or review that would really that would really help, and I'd I'd really appreciate that. Um, and if you ever want to get in contact with me or or the show, you can uh, email John Ryan at leadingpodcast.com. If you're interested in being uh, on the show, um, you can head over to uh, the website, which is leadingpodcast.com, and uh, you can get in contact with me from there. Um, so without any further ado. Let me welcome today's guest. Again, his name is Timothy McCain. He is a much sought-after international evangelist and founder of Opening Eyes Ministry. He has a heart for the lost and for stirring the embers of revival. He, his wife, Madai, and son, Hezekiah, travel to the nations and share a message of hope birthed from their own personal experience of pain and adversity. So that is uh, the short bio in the on the back of his book, Crowns Are Greater Than Trophies, which he'll be talking about um, later on in the show. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Tim. All right, my boy Tim, what's up, man? Thank you so much for being here, bro. What is going on, man? Thank you for having me. Dude, what, what's what's new in the life of Tim McCain? Man, we are running, trying to change the world, literally. Yeah. Uh, dad life is amazing. Dad life. Husband life is awesome. So, bro, trying to pinky into brain this, take over the world for Jesus. Yeah. Where, where are, are you? Are you in Florida right now? I know you travel a lot. Are you at home? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm in, I'm in a town right outside of Orlando, Florida called uh, DeLand. DeLand. Damn, mm-hmm. that's like that's like hood. Yeah, man. This is the land. Like Sounds like it, right? <laughs> the Sounds land. Like that's cool, man. How's uh, how's the family? Everyone good? Man, uh, we are on the other on the other end of a crazy difficult season. Uh, my oh. wife's health she got extremely sick in yeah, I heard about in that. August. I uh, didn't know what was going on, um, and uh, it's been crazy. But praise God, she's on the other end of that, getting better every single week. Yeah. My son just turned three a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's doing super well. So um thankful for the strength we have on the other side of the storm, man. And Amen. like I said, we want to, everything we learned in the season, we want to make sure we carry it with us in the present so we can affect the future. Amen. Sounds good, bro. Yes, uh, well, I, I want to kind of get right into it, man. I'm really excited yeah. to have you on. Um, you know, you, you were one of the... You were one of the top, I want to say, five names that popped into my head when I when I had the idea to start this podcast. I was like, okay, Tim's got to be one of the one of the first ones on the show. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, because you got some good insight, bro, and and you've been through some stuff, and and I, I kind of want to just 
you know, get a little bit of a background, um, or maybe a short bio as to who you are, maybe for the listeners who might not, the rare listeners who might not know who Tim, <laughs> Timothy McCain is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, um, I am 32 years old, and I'm originally from North Carolina. I'm a Southern boy. Uh, like, man, I love sweet tea out of mason jar. You know what I mean? I know what a real biscuit is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Southern boy. Uh, come from a large family. A uh, large, uh, broken family, but a large family. And uh, in the Bible belts of North Carolina, and where it seemed like everybody's saved, church is part uh, again, of sometimes it's part of a culture before it's part of your decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what do you do? People go on bowling on third on 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 Fridays, go to club on Saturdays, go to church on Sundays, and, mm-hmm. and you go back on the work on Monday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so a big family, large family. Um, we're going on my eighth year of marriage. Uh, my wife, Madai. And um, and so we uh, we travel full time as uh, evangelists, itinerant speakers, and to churches, conferences, and public schools. And my heart is to go even go way beyond that. And um, awesome. yeah, man. And so uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm also the young adult pastor at a church in Deltona, Florida, called okay. Trinity Church. And so, man, we just literally, literally, no joke. I'm trying to change the world. Yeah, I want to. I want to prepare a future for my son where he's not tolerated but celebrated. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's not going to happen by wishful thinking. That's going to happen by the grind. That's right. Oh man, I'm trying to do it. it. It takes some intention behind every yes, every move, every decision that we make. That's good. Uh, yeah. real, real quick, man, I want to ask you uh, what what drew you to a uh, to a Latin woman? <laughs> hey, come on, somebody. <laughs> was it the so, cooking? Um, what, what, what was it? Me, well, first and foremost, she is fine beyond belief and uh my wife is just gorgeous as all get out and uh incredible and so uh type the type my wife is so fine that when people look at her and they look at me they think they think she's blind like (laughs) so that was that was easy right there but um you know what there's actually i had no idea the similarities between the, the the latino latina uh community or hispanic community and the black community is absolutely crazy and um, and then my grandpa's from Spain, and my mom cooked with a lot of Spanish influence, whatever. So mm-hmm. the the bridge between our cultures was not very difficult yeah. at all. And um, so yeah, it just so happens I do believe I'm holding the hand of my Eve, the one God created for me yeah. and molded her in the dirt and breathed life into her that had me in mind. Yeah. And so yeah. now, same when Adam looked at Eve, said, "It's bones of my bones, and flesh of my flesh." I can say the same thing when I look at my wife. <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. And y'all, y'all created a, a beautiful son, Hezekiah. Yeah. Guy, a black chicken baby. Black yes, chicken. Sir. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, well, that, that's awesome, bro. Um, you know, I, I want to kind of get a, dive a little bit deeper into your story. Um, you, you, you recently wrote a book, um, Crowns Are, Are Greater Than Trophies. Yes, right? sir. Um, and, and in that book, I think it's like the very first chapter. I think it's the very first thing that you talk about. You tell a story mm-hmm. about how you almost... Uh, died right and I think I think the first time I heard you preach I think you told that story and it was really captivating and so I I wanted to see if you would mind sharing that with with the listeners today I don't don't mind at all 
So um, from North Carolina, if you've ever been to North Carolina, you know, like this bunch of hills, very steep, very hilly, twisty turning roads, whatever. And so we grew up in like crazy poverty. And um, so getting a car, having a car in and of itself, one was running was a, felt like a miracle. And so my very first car was a 1985 Oldsmobile. Mm. Like, bro, this car <laughs> was so stinking hood. Like, mad ghetto. There's a there's a term called hoopty, we would always say. I don't know if that term is, is, is nationwide known, but uh, we use it, like, every single day. So anyway, so we painted the car with five cans of spray paint from Dollar General. Right? There were the, we had a coat hanger holding up the tailpipe. We had a, a screwdriver keeping the glass uh, panel in the passenger side window up. You remove the screwdriver, it'll fall in the door. I <laughs> uh, didn't have any AC, didn't have any heat. So if you got cold, you rolled the window up, you put some clothes on. If you got hot, you rolled the windows down, you took some clothes off. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, so many memories in this ghetto car. And uh, but it was just it was mad hood. So uh, there, were, there was one moment where I, I, I took I went to a party with two of my friends. Um, one sat in the passenger side. One sat in the um, in the backs in the back, and uh, we just left the party. And we're heading back in Eden, North Carolina, um, where I grew up. And uh, there's this Harrison Highway, I think Highway 14. And uh, once you enter Eden, there's this really very very steep highway. Um, and at the end of the um, end of the highway, end of the highway, there's a bridge, and then there's a uh, intersection with some lights and things of nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're entering and heading downhill. And I learned a little something, something from science and Bill Nye, the science guy in magic school for us and all that jazz. That when you start going down the hill, gravity, you start going faster and whatnot. So um, I went and I, uh, I just like anybody, you, you slow down. So I pressed the brakes, but nothing happened. Wow. And wow. so tapping it over and over and over again, nothing has happened. And so you got to try to uh, picture this with me. Um, this this large chocolate man in the passenger side, in the driver's seat. How tall are you, Tim? How tall are you? I'm, I'm six foot six, man. 330 pounds, okay. right? And um, so this large chocolate man leaned back like it's a Fat Joe music video. You know what I'm saying? I have my, and so it's still a hoopty ride, but I'm acting like it's amazing. <laughs> and so uh, driving downhill and uh, two guys with behind um, and be, beside me, I tap on the brakes and no joke, the conversation went just like this. Hey, y'all. My brakes aren't working. They're like, man, you're joking. You playing. Stop clowning me. <laughs> it's showing up. I'm start picking up speed more and more and more, faster, oh, faster, and faster, and faster. And I'm, and I'm tapping the brakes. And now they realize this uh, is not a joke. This is real life. Yeah. And so now we're picking up speed. I really thought this was my mobile casket. I thought I was shot from a Glock, from a, from a Glock just, just a projectile heading towards where I knew it would be my moment of death, right? Yeah. And so... Uh, heading downhill, and at the end of the intersection, the light turns red, right? And um, and so now we've got tractor trailers and trucks heading over into my lane, and so I'm dodging it. They're they're yelling, they're screaming, or whatever. And um, and then at the end, uh, we're heading towards a bridge. And man, I can't explain it to you. And maybe so those who are listening or whatever, or maybe you've been in this place, but when you ever found yourself in literally in a life and death moment, how it's crazy how you can just cope with death. And um, and just I'm like, uh, well, this is it. Yeah. Um, I'm dead. So I'm heading towards over this bridge with this long drop. There's nowhere else I can go. The trucks, the the, the tractor trailers, I can't get anywhere. I'm, there's nowhere I go. We're dead. We're dying. Yeah. And um and so all of a sudden, man, it's like God did the dad arm. You know what I'm saying? You're a, you're a dad. Yeah, you know yeah. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
I slam on the brakes, boom, your right arm just goes out. Right. You know, like a blindside movie, right? And so, uh, <laughs> like, God did the dad, the dad arm and stopped my car. And um, so, um, so, anyways, we stopped literally right before we're heading over the concrete to head over the bridge into that long fall. And so I get out the car. Man, I'm like, what in the world is going on? I thought it was some, I'm thinking some crazy, complicated thing. My brake line broke. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this uh, Someone cut my brake line. Something crazy happened. Uh, the two guys get out the car. Uh, they probably had to change the draws. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I, I called my dad, and the uh, conversation went just like this. So, hey, Dad, my brakes aren't working. I almost died. And he asked me this simple question that literally changed my life. This one encounter, and that one simple question, uh, it, it changed everything. It changes how I think. It changes how I live. It changes how I treat every single moment. Uh, and he said, he said these words to Timothy, do you check the brake fluid? That simple question, did you check, did you check the brake fluid? So, and so sure enough, I pop open the hood and I look at the brake uh, fluid reservoir, bone dry, bro, bone dry. And so the, the, the moral of my, of what my encounter that I got from it is that I almost lost my life and almost took the lives of those who were in the car with me, riding in my journey with me because I neglected to take care of something that was super simple and overlooked. And I feel that in life, oftentimes we think it's these big things, whatever. I thought my brake line was cut or someone cut my brake line. I was lost my life to my own, from my own negligence, neglecting my own, you know what I mean? Um, Right. Own things. So, that man, when I read that story, um, it, it resonated with me on so many levels because that, that's true what you say. Um, I think so many times we often ignore, you know, the nuances in our lives yeah. that we we just we feel that don't really matter. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, they end up catching up to us. It could be something as simple as the way that we eat. Right. I mean, well, one, one burger, one burger ain't going to kill you. But like a burger mm-hmm. every single day, the rest of your life, th- that that's going to catch catch up to you um or the little the little expenditures that we go you know we undergo here and there that eventually lead to a major financial crisis you know when we neglect the nuances um the same way of our relationship with god that daily devotional that we skip you know that morning that evening prayer that we we forget to say we we stop going to sunday morning service we start ignoring those those little things and they eventually become a bigger problem and our and we end up being in a spiritually dead state so that, that's, up, that's crazy, man. Um, preacher, preacher. It, yes, sir. It, it's so it's so it's so true. How a, a life experience did, did that yeah, change your perspective on on anything oh, in your life? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I once heard someone say that the word of God is not prison cells but guardrails. Wow. Right? Yeah. It's, it's not there to keep us from life. It's, it's there to preserve our lives. Mm-hmm. And so this moment in my life after this, really giving attention, I got to give attention to the little things that really challenge me to make sure whatever I'm doing, that I'm not, I'm not skipping steps. I'm not trying to find the easiest way out because if you rush it, you always got to do it twice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. and but then also the fact of the matter is, is that my choice not only affected me, but affected those with me. Right. 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 And so like when I look at my son, I have these these Newton balls on my desk, right? And as you, if you if you push one to the left, to the left, to the right, it, the, the inertia and the energy will go through the rest of the balls, and it'll pop another end. You know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's what I think about. I think about the, that one little movement having a ripple effect of decisions that that 
through through um, generations to my son, to my family, to my future, to my grandchildren, things of nature. So, hey, whatever I do, man, I'll try my best to give attention and say to the little things yeah. um, that I'm not, I'm not, try, I'm not overlooking. Very true. Or Very things are big deal. Bible says, "Little foxes spoil the vine," and that's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, you've uh, you've pretty much traveled pretty much all over the country you're you're an evangelist uh i know you have that ministry opening eyes ministry um that's that's how i you know came to know you um and and, and so you visited a lot of churches right uh, throughout the the country um and i wanted to ask you this in your opinion do you feel that the majority of christians are ignoring some of those small nuances of 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 spirit-led life bro oh my gosh absolutely (laughs) absolutely absolutely we are in we're in cardiac arrest in the body of Christ like nobody's business. Oh. There is there is a necessity for CPR so that's so powerful. I don't mean cardinary preliminary resuscitation. I mean conviction, prayer, repentance. Mm. The heart of the church is dying. Wow. And um, yes, we have yes we have program. And I, again, I'm speaking. This is the, the complication of addressing a topic like this is that is that I'm speaking. I'm addressing this. Um, and I'm addressing this question um, about a mass group of things, right? So yeah. maybe those are listening. Maybe your church can reflect this. Praise God! But um, so that's only. But anyways, but for my experiences has been is that we we're learning how to do church, but we're forgetting how to do Christ. Whew. Come on! And um, and so if you look at the life of Jesus, and if you look at how he lived his life. Who he lived his lives for, bro. I think as a church and our progressive programs and things of nature, which is great. I'm all for lights. I'm all for fog. I'm all for skinny jeans. Well, not me. I'm, I look like I'm, um, I'm like a thing of Teresa. All those squats you do, man. You right? You don't, want, you don't want that. My pants, my pants be so tight, look like it's taking blood pressure. You don't want all of that. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so whatever, whatever that looks like, you know what I'm saying? But and then, like I just feel that we we were becoming so progressive to create an image mm. that uh, that sometimes we're forgetting the mission. Yeah, and this is across the board. And so the what man, this is what uh, frustrates me is this is these these tug of wars between the older generation and younger generation, mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. this is not of God, this is a God. And for can this one simple thing, if I can just coin it coin a phrase that just makes simple in my mind is that if we can't differentiate between Christianity and church culture, yeah. we're there's a big difference. If we can't differentiate between Christianity and church culture, we're missing it. Because you have a younger generation who's speaking up for causes, then you got a other you got a other sect of people speaking out about tradition and then we're living in such a politically charged culture that we're demonizing or deifying individuals, uh, and but yet, but yet re- withdrawing from what would Jesus do at this moment? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So um, I just believe that we are in an imperative time in the body of Christ. We we'll really have to give attention to what truly is the responsibility of the church. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I've I've always. I've always preached, um, you know, there's a difference between the, the method and, and the message, um, sure which is absolutely true. And you see you see often the method needing to change. Right. Yep. 
Um, but I, th- I, I also think that we've kind of gotten to a point where we're over emphasizing the meth, the method Method. over the message, um, because we're trying to, we're trying so hard to stay relevant because these days everyone needs to be entertained. You know, we're exposed to excellence and we're trying to be excellent. Um, and that's all good, but so many times in doing that, we forget the core of why we're doing it. Absolutely, bro. Um, and, and so I, I do feel like that is something that we need to be aware of um, you yeah. know, as we do leadership, as we do church and stuff like that. Think um, about think about Jesus. Let's, let's just use the example, our example. You know what I mean? Which is Jesus? Look at his life. Look at, if you would put Jesus, if Jesus would, again, he lives through us and things of that nature, but if we would take our era today and put it in the biblical context, what would Jesus' ministry look like? Think about it, it wouldn't change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The mission wouldn't change. He would still be laying hands on the sick. He still should be receiving recovery. He'd still be calling people to act of repentance. He still would be uh, loving on the broken. He'd still be riding on the dirt for uh, the woman caught in the act of adultery, who the only one qualified to throw the stone, uh, never picked it up. Mm. He, he, still, he still would be finding the ones in the corner, uh, shouting out his name. That even the people who the that his own dis- disciples told him to hush, he wouldn't he wouldn't walk by the one with the one with the uh, with the sign that says I'm hungry and scream out the window say Hey, get a job. Yeah. Jesus Jesus said I only do what I've seen the Father doing, and this is where I feel like we're forgetting the 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 fundamental fundamental principles of Christianity uh, is that is simple things about let's say praying. All right, if I'm at a Hopefully I'm not feeling like I'm machine gunning, but because we're because we've just been talking, but not acting. Right. And and in in many in many areas. And again, I know these absolute statements and it, it it maybe for your church and your area or whatnot, they may not they may not reach, but remember the church is made up for people. So these things we're talking about, we're not living in our everyday lives, we're missing the point of church. Right. Not Sunday morning experience, not the outreach for pastor calls, but I'm talking about what happens at Walmart. You know, what I mean, when the line is too long, how do you? How are we acting? You know, yeah. what are we doing when when the when the traffic is crazy and backed up on I on forty five, which is demonic? Uh, yeah. There, I got trapped there before. Amen. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. how are we acting? Right? Are we on our horn? Are we cussing? Are we throwing up the special finger? You know, what I mean, what are we doing? So, I just I just think that man that we have to come back to what to live like Jesus in this day and this time. I believe T- Bishop T D Jake said that. Um, what is it? I'm gonna butcher it or paraphrase it, but he said something like, "If Jesus was living today, we would have to teach him how to do church." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Right, yeah. and so um, it's crazy. And let me know if I'm talking too much. No, no, please. no, man. You're 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 spitting truth, man. Um, all that, all that's, all that's great, and it's it's really good insight. And you've, uh, like I said, you've seen it. A lot of us, a lot of us, we're we're kind of one dimensional in our perspective yeah. because we we've. So many of us have just attended the same church, you know, for, yeah. for all our lives. Um, and so we, we, we don't, perhaps we don't see the bigger problem in the universal, uh, universal body of Christ. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of when I, why I wanted to talk to you because you are, you're an evangelist and, and you go yeah. to all these churches and, and you see different things and everyone has their own different church culture, right? And, and, yeah. and that's all good. Um, but do you think that there's something as just, if you could speak to like just uh, a bunch of church leaders 
and pastors, like if you if if you were just surrounded by let, let's say, you know, thousands of them, um, what what? And I know this isn't in our in our notes, so I'm kind of just kind of uh, throwing this question at you. But um, what are some maybe key elements that you would really encourage church leaders, pastors, really to to focus? in on um, so that they can better get their congregation back to these fundamental Christian principles? I would, I would think um, first and foremost, just getting, going back to the fundamentals of, of faith, right? And making, preaching about prayer, preaching about uh, living our lives before the Lord, preaching about servanthood, uh, preaching about things that nature. But I just, but in, even in a deeper way, because again, what is that verse that passes scripture in Matthew where Jesus is speaking to Peter and said, who, who do you say that I am? Mm. And they, some of the, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, one right. of the other prophets. He says, uh, what, and he, he describes all of that. But then he says, well, who do you say that I am? He says, uh, you are the Christ and living God. And he said, bless you, Simon, son of Jonah, revealed you by man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, he said, you are Peter and on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter, the Greek word for Peter is Petra. Right. Right, right, which means a small rock, pebble, or stone. But that Greek word for rock is petros, right? I think, right? Petros, Petra. yeah, yeah. But it's a collection of small rock, pebble, or stone, sedimentary rock, like limestone or things of nature, pushed and pressed together. So I think uh, speak in order to speak to the church corporately, we need to speak to the Christian individually because the church is made of the collection of mm. Petras. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Individual Jesus with a holistic mission. That's what Sunday morning is. So driving it back home where we're no longer being pastors who are chefs, but we're being pastors teaching how to cook. Mm. So um, so those husbands, uh, those priests of their homes, can learn how to dine in the in the cook instead of treating church like it's a restaurant. Uh, uh, treat a treat a church like your core culinary art school. Yeah. How do I cook? How do I lead my family for myself? And um, how do I lead people to the Lord individually? And uh, and so I can just take this to a maybe a topic that is very passionate. I'm passionate about with regarding uh, pastors, churches, communities. Is we got to start pastoring our communities, <laughs> reaching our communities, and that that's that's beyond what that's every color every culture right you know what i'm saying what does your community look like and um and really start giving attention to that so i believe i believe the next step to the body to the church whole holistically is to create a multi-ethnic and multicultural worship experience mm-hmm. um because that's what the communities are looking like more and more and more and more and more and but that's not going to happen by accident that's yeah. going to happen by being intentional right and especially in this racial uh, charged society we're living in today, uh, we as pastors need to realize that man, that that man, that what we say, how we live, all that stuff matters. And in fact, we're about to we're months away into the next election. I've seen it. I've been asked so many times when someone would post something that was anti this, anti that, and I'll get asked, "Why don't they love me? Why don't they care about me? Do they hate me because I'm Mexican? Does Jesus hate me?" Do they hate me because I'm black? Do they hate me because I'm white? Um, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so uh, we have to give account, really give attention to the platforms that we have so we can effectively pastor this community. Man, and like we can go back to the fundamentals of how would, what would Jesus do at this moment? Yes. Jesus lived at a racially, and overwhelmingly racial, ignorant time. 
in such a way uh, that when he was at a woman at the well, there was a maze he was talking to, not only a Samaritan, but talking to a woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we just got to get back to the roots, man, of Christianity. Get back to living like Jesus, period. Yes. Man, that is so good. And there's a lot that you said there that I kind of wanted to pick out. Um, it, it sounds like, okay, you said, you said rather than simply speaking to the leaders, you have to kind of speak to the individual Christians because the Christians are what makes up the, the body of Christ. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and so I think, and one of the points of, of, this, of this whole podcast is to get Christians not just pastors, not just missionaries, not just yeah. the, the people in the head, in the offices, right? Um, it's to get Christians to think of themselves as leaders. Um, if I'm a Christian and I'm not a pastor, it doesn't mean that I'm not I'm not a leader. I'm still I'm I still represent Christ, right? Yeah. And so that important. that is something that we really need to inculcate every single believer um, to believing, like that they they're they're not just going to church to be served. They're there to serve and they're there to you know to lead others uh to christ so it's 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 really a mind shift that um i think the church needs to undergo um because it's not just about you know who's in the the pastoral position who's in the youth pastor position it's 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 everyone's a leader in in this in this body absolutely even scripture says it says uh sons of pastors teachers evangelists apostles um what i'm missing one pastors teachers evangelists apostles Pastors, some one of those. This fivefold ministry: evangelists, pastors, Tell teachers. Talking about Ephesians. Prophets. Yeah, Ephesians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says to train others to the work of the ministry. Right. Right. To, to release them. The Bible says everyone do the work of the evangelists. Right. It is all responsibilities. And so, um, so, but I think as long as we just keep, hey, come into the church and eat, but don't teach them how to cook. Yeah. You mean then? Then we're just we're treating. Uh, consumer recruit we're literally cultivating consumer-based Christianity mm-hmm. you know what I mean that they'll go to the next church who feeds them better yes. but never to get into the word and cook themselves oh, that's so good. About it, the recipe book you know what I'm saying yeah. Uh, yeah um and that that we can follow to chop it up that so so when then you have men being the priests of their home you got mothers and, uh, and women uh stepping up and creating a uh, cultivating a nurturing environment that will get that at whatever seed is within that house can flourish and to grow. And so, I, don't get me wrong, I love the church, I believe in pastors, I believe in things of that nature, but we have to empower the people to be Christians. Yes, that's that's so true. Every day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very true. And, um, you know, Gandhi Gandhi has a, a quote, you know, he, he said, uh-huh. be, the, be the change you want to see in the world. I think Christians, um, Christians need to adopt that same type of mentality when it comes to to church because so many times as a Christian we're looking to go to church to be served right yeah. and then when we're not served the, the way that we feel we should be served we we go to you know the next one to see if they're serving something better um, yeah. why not take that same mentality and, and be the change you want to see in the church right Absolutely. Uh, be be the change that you're you're looking for um, because again it's not just those who are sitting in 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 the the positions but it's everyone this is this is a body uh yeah. and we work together so man all that is all that is so good and we can kind of we could probably keep on talking about that and man um <laughs> that's 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 your next book right there bro hey uh, come on <laughs> um i want to i want to kind of just shift a little bit here um to to discussing your your ministry and and maybe family life because i know that's it's got to be a tough balance, and uh, oh, no. perhaps there's a lot of people that don't know how to balance 
the two. Um, how do you how do you do it? Because <laughs> I know you're yeah. you're full time ministry and 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 you're yeah. you know it's a yeah. tough one. Yeah, so full time, um, full time, full time ministry, full time evangelist, full time uh, a young adult pastor. Um, in college, full time, decided to go back to school and pursue, pursue a business degree, and uh, through an awesome college called NIAC. Out of base, out of New York, and um, all that stuff full time. This is something I had to learn very easy, very early, and I learned it actually through a pastor and um, associate pastor at the time in Indiana. And he said this. He said, and he said this in past. He wasn't even talking to me. I like eavesdropped on this. He was talking to someone else. And, but he said, he said, uh, if you say yes to something, you say no to something else. That's right. Yeah. Very simple, right? But man, I'm all, I try my best to model after. Um, I look I have a, on my desk. I have a picture of my son looking at it right now. Um, but every single service, every single time I travel, if I say yes to that service and he's not with me, I'm saying no to him. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be worth where I'm going. Yeah. So this may listen. I may people may completely disagree with me, whatever what I'm about to say. But it is not worth. I will never lay my family the altar of ministry for a service. I won't. Um, I won't do that. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to miss my son's graduation for the next place to preach. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do that. And um, because at the end of the day, uh, I'm his pastor. I'm yeah. He's my son, but I'm his pastor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm, I, at the end of, I, around my deathbed, he, hopefully he will be there. You know what I mean? If I, if I die right now and I've traveled all the world and preach, you know what? It's, People may update their Facebook status for a day or two, but after the funeral, they're going next thing talking about the next Kardashian or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but my legacy is in my son. My legacy is in my family. My legacy is in my home. The altar that I'm creating is in my home. So uh, wherever I go, I have to. I literally, I have to ask myself: Is this worth me going? Why am I going? Yes, will souls be saved? Of course, man. And but, like I said, it's is is it worth it? Is, is this worth it? And so that is from many different areas, many different areas. So like, example, like I'm, I have like, I like three different district camps back to back to back to back to back. And so I was about to make a phone call to get a church schedule on a Sunday, uh, but over the Sundays and I looked at my calendar, like, man, if I schedule both of these churches on a Sunday, I'm going to be gone like three weeks straight. And so could we use those Sundays? Of course. I mean, we have budgets we have to meet and everything that nature, right? And from the business side, and um, and then we obviously we want to see souls saved. God, praise God, to get, we see God man move drastic, mightily. But uh, but the reason for me deciding not to do that was because my family. Right. And like yeah. I'll be gone, I'll be away from him for three weeks. I'll be away from my wife for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, I literally, I balanced it like this, and it's in this very element, elementary way, if I yes, if I say yes to something, and say no to something else, and I want to make sure that whenever I have to say no to my son, he knows that that no was, he know the reason behind it, right? He yeah, it was worth it to prepare a better place for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, people don't realize that family is a ministry. Show sure enough, bro. It really is, and uh, you have to be a priest to your home, and you have to, you know, lead your your children. Um, mm-hmm. You have to raise them in the ways of the Lord, and and, and sometimes we forget to do all of those things because we're serving everyone else but our family. <laughs> That's it, bro. And they would, we will cook, we will cook a meal for everybody else, but bring a to-go plate to our family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. And, I'm gonna quote that. 
Go for it. Yeah. And uh, we'll bring we'll bring them leftovers. Hey, I got this left. And so you give you live your whole entire life right, porn preaching. You mean laying hands on everybody and everything, whatever, and go home and your son will say, "Hey, can you play?" Said, "Nah, buddy, I'm too tired." Yeah. Like what? What example am I giving him? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, daddy has more time for everybody else, but daddy has no time for me. He's gonna grow up uh, resenting ministry. And people, I know, I may be totally wrong and whatever. I know there's some people like you, you've got to grind, 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 grind. But again, my, I literally, I love this topic conversation. If you go on our website, OpeningGodsMinistries.com, we just launched a new shirt, and the shirt says, "My family is my ministry." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I believe that my family is my ministry. And um, so yeah, bro, it's so we try to balance it best we can. And so before my wife got sick, we will travel as a family all the time so so we would so the calendar didn't matter because they were there with me but um now that we have to really give some attention to it how we go about it so uh so I've, I've been having to be a lot more careful about when i travel yeah yeah uh and, and you, you speak about travel that's i think that's really important too man um i mean we i love to travel um yes, my, my wife is more of a homebody she, she'd rather take a you know, a staycation than a vacation, but we go yeah, on vacation for, for me. <laughs> um, and before I, I would, I would tell my church like, Hey guys, um, I, just so y'all know your pastor, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't schedule vacations through Sundays. You know, like I, yeah. I told people, uh, you don't have to schedule a vacation through Sunday, you know, uh, try to be at church Sunday and, and, and take your vacation, you know, Monday through Saturday. And I would kind of scold them yeah. for that, uh, kind of yeah. jokingly. But, but then, then when I had a daughter, I was like, no, dude, I, I need a I need a pause. I need a yeah, I need time to unwind and get my head clear. And yeah, uh, so so last week I I took I took a few Sundays off and I yeah. ju- I just spent it with my my family. Um, people people don't I, I don't know if everyone realizes how important it is just to really just pour in to your family. Yeah. And you might not you you, you might you know. Um, not get a week of work, I don't, depending on how you're, you know, how you're mm-hmm. paid. But oh, man, we'll be broke. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what I'm it, saying? It's, so, yeah, it's, it's so important. It's so yeah. important. You, you, we should never squeeze the lifeblood out of our family um, right. for for anything else. You know, yeah, our family right. should always come first. Um, so I always encourage people, man. Hey, take take a vacation, even if you're not, even if you're not going anywhere, just stay home. And, and, yeah. and be with your family and, and let your kids see how much they mean to you, you know? Yeah, sure enough. My pastor, uh, Trinity Church and uh, TrinityFLA.com, uh, Trinity Church in Deltona, Florida, my pastors, uh, Jane, Pastor Jamie and Michelle Jones, they model this so well. Mm. And so I, and at my first church, I, I mean, I got rebuked um, because I didn't take time off for vacation. Like they challenged me so much or whatever. And so, I think I have a natural inclination of just, I'm a grind, 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 get it done, get it yeah, done, get it done, yeah. ask-oriented type person. But man, not having that rest, like I said, will, will, destroy, will destroy you. And um, so I'm thankful that my pastors model that for me and then challenge me to do it. And um, yeah. so, man, it's, it's, it is, it's important, but our family is our ministry. It really yeah. is. I, I, um, I was listening to another podcast, and uh, the guest um, was speaking about taking sabbaticals, and it, uh-huh. it, it wasn't... It wasn't a Christian. It was like a, I forget the name of the podcast. It wasn't like a, it wasn't ministry related. Um, yeah. But but he said that in like European uh, European countries, taking sabbaticals is like it's like the norm, and and, yeah. and people take you know four, five, six weeks off 
just to unwind and it's so important and but in the west in the western culture we're always go 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 grind 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 and so we don't understand that that importance of taking a sabbatical i would love to take a sabbatical but i'm not sure how (laughs) how uh people would respond to that um but but you know i hopefully i'll 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 get there soon enough because i I really do see the value in just rest you know even god rested you know on that seventh day um, and, and so we should, we should, it's not worth work, 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 work man. all the time, man. You know, I think, we got, I think it, it, to have a different, have a, a clear understanding, rest and laziness are not the same thing. Yes, that's right. Rest is reprieve after you've done something exactly to help prepare right. you to do something else. Sure. Laziness is ignoring what needs to be done mm, because good. you don't want to do it. So good. Right. Yeah. Jesus rested. They, God rested after he creation. You're right. Jesus you know what I mean? Rested and spent time with himself in solitude and pray. Then he went back into mission. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's rest refuels you. It's like it's, it goes change the gas station. You know what I mean? To keep going and um, to fulfill your your mission. And if not, you'll be a a good looking car that doesn't go anywhere. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we see that so much in ministry where people are just getting burnt out all the time. Very um, much, bro. So, so many times. Um, I don't. I don't know. Do Do you think that there are any signs of of burnout that that people can kind of look for before they get to that point absolutely absolutely i think some signs you got to think of think about is physical i believe first of all you should give your physical uh i think stress relation or your blood pressure your uh your your how you feel your lack of sleep things of depression things of that nature you know i think you should definitely give it give attention to that yes. but also is when you just no longer care mm, no, wow, no that's longer good. care that's i can good. tell you i tell you um i have a pastor in indiana uh he took he went on a seven week sabbatical this church is so dope uh bro that uh every seven years the pastors go on sabbatical so mm. this is a is a great uh great thing so every so they support every seven years just at the board and send them on sabbatical every seven years so anyway so uh, this particular pastor said he knew that it was time for him to go on a sabbatical and to re- and to rest. That uh, because he got home uh, and he was some, doing something in the backyard, and the neighbor told him he was getting a divorce, and he said he didn't care. Wow! And so, but he was that he's that burnt out, and he says, "Well, no, I'm missing it. I, if I don't care about this, whatever, blah blah." So he went on a sabbatical. He got recharged, and so give attention to that. So I th- I think if you no longer care, if the mission no longer drives you. The, passion is no longer there i'm not talking about a feeling mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. feelings are fleeting sometimes you gotta get up because you gotta get up but i'm talking about the mission if it if it's no longer there done it um i think also think i, I think people you should have a clear definition between burnt out and frustration mm-hmm. there's there there are two different things so i think sometimes people coin burnt out but we're just frustrated in the season yeah so we learn how to navigate in that but i i think if we no longer have any passion for it uh, um, and uh, if we no longer have energy for it, if we no longer care about it, because then then we're missing it. Oh man, that compassion leads Jesus. If we don't have that, mm-hmm. then we're we're missing it. That's so good. That is so true. And mm-hmm. I think I've been in those moments where oh, bro, I just fair. I just stopped kind of caring about what I was so passionate about before. And then you get to a point where it's like, dude, this isn't me. What? Why? Why don't I care about this more? And yeah. I never thought about that. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just you've been exposed to it every day, like 24 hours uh, a yeah. day, and, and you're, you just keep going. Eventually, you get to a point where it's like you kind of become numb to it. 
Um, yeah. And so you have to take some some time. You have to rest. You have to let your mind rest and, and stop rest. thinking about that rest. so much. And and uh, yeah, re- regain that that strength. Man, that's so yeah, man. good. I love that. I love people, that. People burnout happens is when you have this is super cheesy when you have more withdrawals and you have deposits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ministry is a constant. People are constantly taking, 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 taking. But again, if we're not resting, if we're not reprieving, if we're not resetting, then we have nowhere, nothing else to give. I remember I got a grill, um, and um, and I tried to turn it on, turn it on, and the flames were super small, like, like super small. And I put meat on, I'm like, what the world am I going to do? But the one to find out the propane tank was empty. So I had I had this six burner grill ready to put in some work on the car and outside you know what I mean? I seasoned my 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 drumsticks and my adobo. I was ready to do this thing, but there just wasn't anything left in the tank. Mm-hmm. So the meat sat there raw, uncooked. It felt you felt the heat, but it was no. You felt the heat, and you saw a little smoke, but there wasn't anything going on. Yeah, that's what burnout is to me. Yeah, is when you have a flame, but not but there's but then nothing is happening, and yeah. so got to change the tank. Got to reset. Right. Got to refill. That's right. And even Jesus did that. You know, uh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus, um, I think it's in Matthew, um, it says that he withdrew, right? He withdrew, uh, uh, man, what is it, to, to Sidon, and, and I can't remember, Ty- Tyre and Sidon, right? And so he, he leaves, you know, he leaves um, Jerusalem, he gets outside of his, you know, his his people group, and, and he goes yeah. outside kind of into Gentile territory, and, and that's after he'd been uh, doing all kinds of miracles and, and saying all kinds of things that would stir up the Pharisees. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, just going, 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 and then he withdrew. And then yeah. even then, that Canaanite woman came up to him and, you know, asking for a miracle. Um, but, you know, you kind of see even Jesus kind of taking some time to, uh, to rest and unwind because, yeah. you know, that, that, was his, that was his human nature. As a human, he got yeah. tired. And as humans, we all get tired and we need to be yeah. recharged. So that's, that's really good, especially in ministry. We need to, be, we need yeah. to, we need to look we, out for those things. We've created this macho man, mm. entrepreneurial, grind or die type thing. This just is not realistic. Yeah, yeah. You know well, it's, it's, it's what we see on Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. Mm. No, <laughs> it sounds cool. Yeah. It makes a great T-shirt. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's about the long haul. It's about right. the legacy. Yeah. It's not about the next check, right? It's about the legacy. That's right. That's right. Um, life, uh, someone said a life is, is not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? And oh, no. if, if you're treating it like a sprint, you're going you're gonna to pass out way sooner than, than you should have. So uh, awesome, awesome insight, man. Man, I'm glad I'm talking to you today, bro. You're encouraging I appreciate me. appreciate it, man. You're having me. <laughs> uh, I want to I just talk about one final thing, and, and that's uh, I want to give a little bit of a of a segment here to to your book um okay. just kind of have you talk about it what what is about you know what inspired you to write it stuff like that yeah so my book um is called crowns greater than trophies uh eddie james i uh, wrote the forward forward for it and man super thankful for him i love his ministry uh the subtitle is called confronting pride and uprooting entitlement by cultivating a servant's heart Right. So um, you can get you can get the book off my website, openingupministries.com, but also like Amazon and things of that nature. But okay. I'll get off. You get off the website. I'll, I'll sign it and things for you. So anyways, but um, what happened was and this was I overheard someone talking about the state of the world. Like you go on Facebook, people's complaining about this, playing about that. Yeah. Uh, people blaming left, people blaming right, people blaming black, people blaming Mexican, people blaming this, people blaming 
Syrians, whatever. It's just people just, everyone's point, pointing the finger, playing the blame game. The blame mm. game is a Russian roulette, but everybody dies. You mm. know what I'm saying? It, mm. it, 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 there's a bull in every single chamber. So um, anyway, so we were complaining about the state of this world, but they were saying, man, what can I do? I'm only one person. I can't do anything. And um, and so I left that, I overheard that conversation. I left it like really challenged and disappointed. And I started really thinking, I said, maybe, maybe we can't, maybe you can't change the world, but you can change your world, right? And this brings back to family, brings it back to homes, bring it back to your generation, your responsibility. So uh, I'll start this book off talking about the, the, the store biblical context behind it is these three different generation of kings in the book of Chronicles, mm-hmm. who some started well, but ended horribly. Right. And so when they were when you were crowned king at the moment, you were given a crown, which is with that crown, you're also given a covenant. Right. And so you knew how you were supposed to lead. The crown was not the sign of the greatest leader. The crown was supposed to be the sign of the greatest servant. Right. One day we can lay our crown at his feet. Amen. Servants, the most high God, we we are walking this purpose anyway. So but um, but. There's nothing wrong with trophies. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with money. I pray, bro, Pastor Ron, I pray your bank account is Come, so fat pray it. that you can't even announce the numbers in it. Right? <laughs> I pray financial blessing on everybody listening, everybody watching. Listen, make your bank. Right? I'll do it, do it, do it, do it. Right? So so don't get it twisted. I'm talking about success is wrong. But how you gain it or what you have to lose, that one needs to give attention to. Yeah. So trophies tarnish, right? Tro- trophies fade. Crowns don't. So, um, so anyway, so you got these three different kings who uh, lived their lives, uh, started off well, but then they started chasing trophies, the, the, all the accolades, all the things people were talking about and whatever. But they, but they end up losing their lives. One was two people started worshiping idols. King Uzziah uh, was burning altar and the altar, burning incense, the altar incense. But anyways, but every single one of them had the opportunity to change how they how to to change their lives. So. Um, so, like, um, to give attention to generation, because they all died and perished with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Every single one died and perished from the same behavior. So they could have broke generational patterns of behavior, generational, uh, quote-unquote, curses, and things of that nature over their lives by giving attention to how they lived. But they did not serve their future. They did not serve their family. They served themselves. So this book is a call to action for us to give attention to the ripple effects we have on our lives, to give attention to the behavior and the mindsets that we have so we can break these habitual generational issues that's been trespassed and or welcomed into our families. Hmm. Just as just because you can look back to the history of your life and maybe those are looking back at the history of your life and you can see that, man, that your great-granddaddy went through something, your dad, your granddaddy went through something, your dad went through the same thing, is knocking at your door, alcoholism, uh, was uh, was connected to this person, that person, this person, that person. The way your family has handled conflict, gossip, and slander, and strife, been happening all your aunties and all your uncles. But why does that mean has it happened with you? When it, will you be the one that breaks the lock shackle? Will you be the one to become the Gandalf in that moment? The Lord of the Rings that look that turns around to that fiery monster that's chasing after you, slam the staff on the ground and proclaim, "You shall not pass." So this book is I wrote it in a way for individuals to read it and um, to, to come to come to the place of humility and a servanthood to serve their future. And the last chapter of the Amen. book is uh, is called "Resurrect the Altar of the Dinner Table." And so, one is once again serving our family for our best, 
um, uh, having these conversations, good, good, perf- good, healthy communication, so we can see these patterns be behavior broken off of our lives as families. Um, again, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk a mile a minute, bro. No, no, that's but, good, that's uh, good. <laughs> but um, when I grew up, man, I grew up watching TJ. Remember, remember TJF Friday? Yeah. Remember that, where people would stay home on Fridays to watch TV? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fresh Prince, you know mm. what I'm saying? Family Matters, uh, <laughs> all those good shows like that, Sanford and Son. And uh, I remember, I really remember watching Family Matters and Fresh Prince. And one thing that I really longed for there and I was like, one day I'm going to have this. I always loved how they gathered around tables. Oh, yeah. Dinner, right? Yeah. And they'll, they'll say something like, will you pass the salt? Will you pass the mashed potatoes? Will you do all this? And so it was around that table, you watching these, these sitcoms, these episodes, they'll start asking about their day. Hey, how are you doing? What happened at school? And some days the conversations were smiling in everybody's face. And other days, they're around that dinner table, they hashed things out. They talked about things. They talked about hard things. The parents were, didn't hide things from their children. They talked about it. So the last chapter of the, the book is bringing families once again to have conversations with your family and your children to finish it. And so the drive, and the, the, the action of the cake for me to finish this book um, and uh, finally get it out there was that I was given some suicide letters um, from some students in some camps that I preached. And this, ha- this happened week, week after week after week after week. And the letters said something uh, similar to these words, but worded differently. Uh, if I would kill myself, no one would miss me. Mm. I would take my life. My parents wouldn't miss me. They don't love me. They don't care about me. I have no friends. And you know what I mean? And they're in their isolation. They thought they, they thought this was true. So, but but there was no effective conversation, communication with their family, with their home. You know what I'm saying? So this book is to bring things out of darkness, put it in the light, so families can start fighting for each other instead of fighting each other. Mm. So we can see generational behaviors broken. So we can change the world by changing our world man that's so good that's so good that whole message i mean that whole title uh, crowns are, are are greater than trophies uh it, it it's something that i think that we should live by i mean it should kind of like become a mantra you know because um we do chase the little things the the the, the quick fixes and, yeah. and 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 the uh those little bursts of, of, of pleasure, right? And and in yeah. doing so, we we uh, the opportunity cost is that we don't get what's what's bigger and what's greater, and and, and, and what our purpose is, you know, from from God because we're chasing yeah. smaller things that that might be okay, but that's you know that that's not where our, our focus and our energy should truly yeah. be, right? Shown up, bro. Yeah. Shown up. So so like King Uzziah, King King. Joash, King Amaziah, yeah, they had great ministries, but they had horrible families because mm-hmm. yeah. how they lived. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. And so they bunch of accolades. The Bible says when King Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. They did a lot of great things for the Lord, a lot of trophies, but they forgot their crown. And even Jesus says, He said, "Did not prophesy on your name, did not do this in your name." He said, "I never knew you depart from me, you workers of iniquity." That's right. They gave them their hand. But never gave them a heart. That's so we'd good. always remember the crown that we wear. Yeah. So awesome, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate you, bro. Thank yes, you. sir. Yeah. So you can you can pick that up at your website. You said openingeyesministry.org or dot com. Openingeyesministries.com. You dot can pick com. the book there. You can also grab the shirt. Um, my family is my ministry. Yes. There as well. Okay. Awesome. And you you said you can also get it on Amazon, right? <laughs> yes, sir. It's all it, that's, the books on Amazon. Yeah, and also if you want to get it in Houston from my, in my house, <laughs> I still, hey, yes, I still have I still have those packages. That, that they finally those. they finally came in, 
and uh yeah so i got about three boxes of them <laughs> they're, they're 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 there in my house man so whenever Bro. whenever you come back back into town i didn't want to mail them back to you because you know uh sure, what if they get what if they get lost so, and you know i yeah, appreciate it. it i thought i thought they i thought they lost it we completely. got we got it's it brother i got you the lord the lord uh well. <laughs> took care of them <laughs> yeah so uh maybe when you come back uh down you can you okay. can come pick him up bro uh but anyways uh, i don't know if you have anything else any final thoughts that you want to share with anyone yes i just uh those who are listening uh in this podcast something i i, I encourage you to really give some thought to and that is simply to realize who you are. Amen. I challenge you to challenge how you think about yourself. That when you look in the mirror, if I ask you what you see, and the first thing you talk about is something negative, I challenge you to give attention to that thought. God's pencil did not have an eraser. He molded you in the dirt and he breathed life into you. When he molded you in their mother's womb, it was not with threads of imperfection, with failures. No, it was threads of purpose. And so see yourself the way God sees you. And if Amen. you will do that, if you will take yourself off of the clearance rack, you're not broken goods. You are not what people say you are. You are God, you are who God called you to be. And so I challenge you to no longer to be, to be manipulated uh, by the words of the enemy, stepping into positions that's beneath your value because you don't understand your worth. If I had keys to a Ferrari and you had keys to a Prius and I say, hey, let's trade. And I gave you my keys to Ferrari and took your keys to Prius. You would think that, man, I just ripped this dude off. He doesn't know how, how much money uh, he just lost. You understand worth and that value. Yeah. And so you really, so you understand that exchange. And so I challenge you, give attention to the exchanges you're living in your lives. Because you may be making transactions that's beneath your value and your worth. And um, yeah. so, listen, you are loved, you are valued, you care about. But I encourage you, step up into your plate. Step into your plate responsibility. Let's change this world. The, the, the Great Commission was never meant to be legislated from a White House. It was always meant to be legislated from your house, your family, your around the altars of your dinner table. The responsibility of Christianity is yours. And so go to the kitchen of your home. Create a meal that your whole family can dine in. Create a plate of grace, love, and forgiveness. Create a, 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 a spread of, of open conversation so we can you can uproot the enemy from your home and um and 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 create a place where the lord can reside in with because where the spirit of the lord is there's a liberty and there is freedom you are worth it and you and you are valued in love the bible says for the joys before me and for the cross scorning is shame and now sits the right hand of god what joy was that that he looked at the cross and and, and created the smile in his heart because he had you in mind so step up be who god called you to be and know the uh, people like John Ryan who's putting this this information here to encourage you and uh, people all around you. So, uh, Pastor John, thank you so much, man, for this par opportunity and this privilege. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you being on and um, really, really great insight that you shared today. Uh, what, what was that? What was the uh, the the uh, that shirt? The family family is my ministry. Is that what it was called? My, my family is my ministry. My family is my ministry. Okay. We, we, we might give uh, this this show that that title <laughs> because that, that's Perfect. that's really good. Um, I love that. Um, okay, man. Well, once again, thank you so much for for being with us. Thank thank you for for your time. Um, yeah, I, I you know it. I, I pray that everything goes well with with you, your family, your ministry, and uh, we're, we're praying for you, man. And like you said, um, I know I know you're praying for for me and every single listener really, on here. <laughs> really. Praying. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, really praying. <laughs> not just like, yeah, hey, I'm praying for you. Yeah. Um, all right, Tim. 
Thank you so much, brother. God bless you. Have a good one. God bless you, man.